0: And our purpose is to give the lamp and light to all. Yesterday in our study of Hebrews chapter 11, we discussed how there is nothing beyond the power of God. Let's continue with that discussion today. Now, here is our teacher and pastor, Dr. Andy Bloom.
1: Now,
2: Let me say, many are very ignorant and simply do not realize that they are blaspheming God by believing in evolution instead of the word of God and its stated way of creation. I was in the mall recently and I was witnessing to a couple that was a Catholic couple, a retired couple, both of them Catholic. As a matter of fact, he had Jesuit training and his wife was one of the old faithful Catholic ladies. And as we talked, I found out she'd been a nurse and was a retired nurse. And she says, is there anything that you, basically she asked me, is there anything that we believe that would be like Catholics? And I says, well, probably we both believe that abortion is murder and therefore sin. She she said, oh, I don't believe that. She says, I I can't agree with the Bible on that. She says, I think that's where the Bible is wrong. see. That's where faith ends for her. She couldn't think of a child that may be crippled should be brought into this world. They should be killed because they're crippled.
1: And so in her mind, no, don't bring that child into this world if they're crippled. And she could not accept the word of God on that. Well, my friend, that is exalting science and the
2: philosophy of men above God. Now, wouldn't it be wonderful if men of science would all give heed to this text that we're reading here, verse 3 of Hebrews 11. They would eliminate many costly elongated studies, resulting in the ability to use their knowledge and expertise for the good of mankind instead of this evolution junk. Now when we see the world's the ages were framed by the words of God, it is letting us know that nothing
1: has ever gotten out of God's control. That's why the word has the idea of the ages.
2: Again, it's against theistic evolution. And when man rebels, rebels, God judges. And we've seen that with the flood. And we know it's going to happen again when Christ comes back in judgment. And finally, when the worlds are going to be changed by the fire and the great cataclysmic change that takes place there.
1: We know nothing is beyond the power of his word. The material universe and the ages are all from his word. Now, to create the world and the ages and then allow them to get beyond his control, Would lessen him as God.
2: There has been nothing of any age that has ever or will ever usurp the spoken word of God. And you can go to the bank with that. How can you have faith in his word concerning redemption
1: if you don't have faith in his word concerning creation? Evolution mitigates against redemption and God, whether you realize that or not. Today, many teach that there are many roads to heaven. Well, you sell out on evolution, the next thing you sell out on is salvation.
2: Yet Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and life, and no man comes unto the Father but by me. And there are some in the so-called evangelical circles that are saying, well, we think that if a person's a good a Muslim, they're a good Mormon, they're a good Buddhist or whatever, then, then they're going to heaven. No, that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches Jesus is the only way.
1: Now, the rest of the verse states, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Now, since God spoke it into existence, it cannot be made of things which do appear. There were no pre-existing materials. He created it. Ex nihilo. Ex nihilo means simply this, out of nothing. Jesus created the heaven and the earth out of nothing.
2: You say, Jesus? Oh, yes. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. He made all things. He was in the world. And the world was made by him. And the world knew him not. So again, he made all. And Jesus told us plainly, God is the Spirit. Now, if you don't like this universe, then create your own universe, but do it out of nothing. Don't use the materials God's already provided. Until then, this is his universe, and it's his rule. God is sovereign. You say, what do you mean by the sovereignty of God?
1: It's simply this. God has a right to do whatever he wants with that which is his. He's the creator.
2: All things are his. So if you're going to condemn what he's doing, criticize it, then my friend, Make your own world, but make it out of nothing. Dr. David Sorensen's excellent commentary states the following. A most interesting principle pertaining to atomic physics is found here. Matter, which one sees, is comprised of non-matter. Physicists in the 20th century came to understand that the various particles of atomic structure are in reality more energy than matter. Electrons are referred to as charged particles, and yet the most powerful microscope has never seen an electron, only its effects. Likewise, the various particles of the nucleus of a given atom, neutrons, protons et al., have been found to be infinitely tiny solar systems that again are essentially tiny spheres of energy rather than matter. Now, as these various particles are separated or joined, there is a releasing of tremendous amounts of energy known as nuclear power. Now, if you're like me, you would like to have some of that release inside of some lazy people that sit around and do nothing. Now, many centuries before modern science came to only partial knowledge of the essence of matter, the Word of God already had defined it here. God created it by the word of his mouth. The physical creation and all that is thereon essentially is of another dimension that is commonly assumed. The physicist has come to understand this empirically. God's people have come to understand it by faith. So let me just say this to Dr. Sorensen's word. If a professor speaks on the
1: ultimate origin of the universe, and it's devoid of God being the creator of all,
2: not just he started a process, no, he created it all. And if the professor goes away from that, he is no longer speaking as a professor giving facts. Rather, he speaks as a philosopher when he speaks in evolutionary terms. Remember,
1: it's still the theory of evolution. Creation is a fact. Now, in the world's
2: eyes, it's a theory. But you see, to us, it's a fact because we accept it by faith.
1: And one day, we know beyond any shadow of a doubt that it will be proven when we get to heaven. But until then, we accept it by faith.
2: Now we see the pre-Noah people who exercise faith in verses 4 through 6. In verse 4, we read this, by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God
1: testifying of his gift. And by it, he being dead, yet speaketh. Well, let's look at Abel's more excellent sacrifice
2: than Cain's. Now, I would encourage you to look up Matthew chapter 5 verses 1 through 12, and see how the Beatitudes relate to each situation throughout the rest of chapter 11. It may be a very good and edifying study to do on your own. Now, we're not going to do that here. But again, it may be something good that you might want to
1: try. And I would encourage that. Here we see, by faith, which all these men in the
2: chapter 11, the I call it the faith hall, will be said to have made any
1: accomplishment.
2: It will only be by faith. Now, Cain is the older brother. He is infuriated by the rejection that God makes of his sacrifice. And so what does he do? He blames Abel. If Abel had not offered the best, that is the first of the flock, the best of the flock, then God
1: may have accepted his sacrifice of the ground. Being in his mind, an equal sacrifice, now, I think at the moment Cain made his sacrifice, I think that he felt good about it now, now just picture this with me. Cain takes of uh, the fruit of the ground, and maybe this is a beautiful fruit I
2: mean this is the right after the fall, but the boy, the ground is is very fertile. What it produces is big and beautiful.
1: And so here is an offering made and the eye appeal is quite beautiful. And, and it would look so good. And everybody would think, Oh wow, how pleasing could that be to God? Whereas
2: Abel's sacrifice is that he slits the lamb's throat, blood
1: all over the place and he burns it upon an altar. And to the eye of man, oh, how much better Cain's sacrifice is. Now, perhaps his religion is too refined to slay a lamb.
2: But isn't it interesting? It's not too refined to slay his brother. So we see here the world's first corrupted worship is manifested. This is your radio pastor, Pastor Andy Bloom, saying, May the Word of God be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your pathway today.
0: We want to thank you for listening to the Lamp and Light broadcast. If you would like a CD copy of today's message by Dr. Bloom, send us your name, mailing address, and include the radio station by which you are listening and the date of the broadcast. We would appreciate a gift of $5 to Lamp and Light Broadcast. 1714 Southeast 36th Avenue, Ocala, Florida, 34471. You may also visit us on the website and freely download the sermons by clicking on the sermon library. That website is www.centralbaptistocala.org. Again, the address for the Lamp and Light broadcast is 1714 Southeast 36th Avenue, OCALA, Florida, Florida. 34471. And again, our website is www.centralbaptistocala.org. This is your announcer, Gary Neron, saying, May God's peace be with all that are in Christ Jesus. Since all the hills may tumble, it will firmly stand
1: when the earth shall crumble. I will plant my feet on its firm foundation, for the Bible stand. I will plant my feet on its firm foundation for the body.